We're back. Bill Michaels show Thursday. Big weekend of football coming up in the state of Wisconsin. We're talking about it. 877-867-1670. You want to chime in, do it. We could take your calls coming up after Matt LaFleur. Now with the media earlier today, let's take a listen to what he had to say. Yeah, no, he had a good practice, and so maybe it was that pro glide. Are there any um, restrictions on him keeping him from practicing three days in a row? Is that something that he can't? Yeah, we're, no, we're yeah, we've set that so he will not practice even you know when he is fully back um, in terms of into the lineup. He's not going to practice three days in a row, so it'll be a day on, a day off, a day on. His experience level obviously helped facilitate that. It, it does in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, he's, he's gotten a lot of reps, and there's not many people that probably can can have a schedule like that, but I do believe and we believe as an organization that he's one of those guys. Hey, Matt, when, when you think back to your first Packers-Bears game, I know it was your first overall game as a head coach, but... When you kind of came down the tunnel at Soldier Field as the visiting coach, did anything about the history of Packers Bears or the rivalry sort of like hit you at that time? Yeah, it was uh, complete chaos in that stadium. Obviously, opening the NFL season and uh, on that Thursday night game. Um, now it was then the national anthem. I'll never forget that. So. Um, but no, it's it's a great rivalry. It's great for the fans. It's great for our game, and uh, it should it should be an exciting game. Matt, what does Zach Tom bring to the offensive line? I know you said that he had like a couple plays where he got beat in the game on Sunday, but just where have you seen him come from training camp to potentially playing for the starting spot now? Yeah, you know he's. A, a pretty mature guy. He does. He doesn't come across like like a rookie in any sense. The way he prepares, the way he just goes about his business on a daily basis. Uh, certainly, he's got a lot of versatility too. Just the ability to play really every position on the offensive line. So, um, you know, we're excited to see where his future, how he grows as a pro, and and um, I think he's got a big time future. Back to Lucas Patrick's time here. What, what was sort of your biggest takeaway and kind of the, what he did here and, and what you guys were able to accomplish with him? Well, Luke is a tone setter, um, you know, and we had a lot of vets in that room, but he just, he is a gritty, tough, competitive dude. One, one of the best guys in our locker room. Um, it certainly it, it hurts when you're, when you lose a guy like that and he goes to the competitor, but I'm happy for Lucas He's a guy that he's easy to root for. You know, just his story is remarkable. I think it's a great lesson. It was a great lesson for players in our organization, but I think players across the league. Here's an undrafted guy that comes into a rookie camp, gets cut, they bring him back, and he develops into a starting lineman in the National Football League. Um, it's a great story, great success story, and it just shows the value of just the work habits the perseverance, the grit. Um, yeah, he's a guy that he'll always be held in, in high regard in my in my mind. You talked a little bit yesterday about Chicago's game last week 
against the Niners. It, it just, I mean, the unique circumstances of that game. But in your experience, what does it take for a team to be able to win a game like that? Heavily penalized, obviously, super sloppy surface and everything like that. What does it take from a mental standpoint to win that game? Yeah, a lot of mental toughness, a lot of resiliency, and that's what they showed. And they're doing it against a team that we know very well and <laughs> that is the epitome of that themselves. So for them, a young younger team, to be able to to grind one out like that, I think that should tell our guys everything they, that they need to know, that they need to get ready, ready for. This is going to be a team, no matter what the circumstance, we're going to get their best shot. We know it, and uh, we're going to have to be prepared for that. Coach in conditions like that? Not that bad. I mean, that it was hard to even watch the tape towards the end of the game because the lines were all like almost fuzzy on the, uh, you know, on the TV. O'Donnell will be playing his former team this week. What did you like about what you saw from him at Minnesota, particularly the way he kind of performed under some pressure at times? Yeah, no, certainly uh, we've got to be better in, in, in protection for him, but I thought he handled it. Uh, like a pro does, and he was able to pin the Vikings deep many times. I think, shoot, I think all of his punts, if we don't miss a tackle, are going to be inside inside the 20-yard line. So, um, you know, I thought he did a great job for us, did everything we could have expected him to do, and then some. Forgive me if I'm making something out of nothing, but between Pat, obviously Adrian having played for Chicago, uh, you know, Luke being there now, Lucas being there now, and everything, it seems like they're kind of an unusual amount of connections between these two teams, at least at this juncture. Do you think that's unique from a matchup standpoint to have a divisional opponent like that? Yeah, you forgot EQ, too, and he, he scored a touchdown. So, um, no, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it is kind of the nature of the beast in, in this league, but in particular when you talk about this rivalry, I think that it could be a, a little bit unique. I don't think it favors anybody, to be honest with you. I think it favors whoever handles the circumstances the best, whoever prepares the best, whoever shows up ready to play, who gives the most effort, who's the most resilient, who goes out there and, quite frankly, executes better than the other team. I think that's who it favors. Matt, what stands out to you about Mooney and just kind of the season he had last year to, to kind of break out for them? Yeah, he's, he's a really versatile guy. He can line up outside and take the top off the coverage, or you can put him inside. He's got great transition in and out of his breaks. Um, you know, I could, I just think there's nothing this guy can't do. Uh, he's got great hands. Uh, he's not the biggest guy, but he just, he, he gets away with his, his speed and his quickness. Um, so I think he's going to be a guy that we're going to have to make sure that we understand where he is at all times. There he is. All right, guys. Have a good one. That is head coach. Matt LaFleur meeting with the media earlier today, talking about Packers, Bears, injury stuff. I mean, the big stuff I noted, Grant, we had kind of touched on it earlier from tweets. We had seen Bakhtiari did not practice today. He made a joke about his new Pro Glide commercial about the hair. I will just say that he made the joke and not comment on it. Uh, the quote was, when he is fully back in the lineup, he will have this set of day off day practice day that kind of deal when he's back in the lineup I don't know all indications Ian Rappaport talked about it on Tuesday Mike Clements has said this all indications are and nothing is set in stone but my gut feeling is he is not going to play on Sunday no I agree I I don't know I the Packers keep getting our hopes up this is this is the Packers fault 
Malafleur keeps leaving this so open-ended, and he's back on the field, and then Bakhtiari's like, I feel great, best I've ever felt. And then two months later, we're still sitting here, you know, talking about the same things. I, I No, I'd be amazed. Uh, I would be shocked if David Bakhtiari Certainly played. if you have somebody. a huge package. Um, yes. Jenkins, though, I don't know. Um, I, I am holding out hope that maybe he can, he can play when they take the field on Sunday. He practiced again today. Lazard, I feel confident that he will go. Jenkins, yep. um, I'm trending towards yes, but I'm not there yet. Bakhtiari and Mercedes Lewis resting. John Runyon working on the side. I'm looking at Tom Silverstein's Twitter right now. I, 50-50, I feel like. Uh, Elton Jenkins has a great chance to play on Sunday night. It would seem like a good time to bring him back. Yes, against the Bears pass rush that isn't uh, the most scary. Throwing yeah. into the, not that. At home. Yeah, we had this crack. conversation yesterday as well. Next week comes the Bucks and a ferocious defensive front. And it's the NFL. When guys come back from injury, the opponent doesn't matter as much as it may in other sports and on other levels. Yeah. But it is worth saying that, you know, it's the Bears. They play the Bucs next week. Might be a week. good warm-up week if you can get Jenkins back this Sunday, and then he has a little bit of, little bit of experience, a little bit of a, a warm-up game before playing against Tampa Bay in a week and a half. I agree. Kind of a similar sentiment feeling around both games this weekend. They feel kind of get-right gamey for the Badgers and the Packers. I mean, the Badgers, 37-point favorites. They should right. demolish New Mexico State and really take out all of the anger from last week on the field and go as... I, as hard as they can, if you will, not let up, I would think, uh, at least for however long it takes to build a big lead. It feels get right gamey in both senses Two mm-hmm. kind of concerning losses from the previous weekend. Well, and I, I think there's going to be a focus on fundamentals for the Badgers, too. I know I sent you this quote. I, I thought this quote from Paul Chris spoke volumes, quote, we've had 16 penalties in two games. That's not very good, unquote. I just profound as always from Paul Christ. I just think if they play a cleaner game, things will fall into place. Yeah. It's uh, the team, New Mexico state. Uh, I was researching and just natural following the sport kind of deal, but also researching for my show coming up tonight at Monk's bar and grill five to six, New Mexico right. state's own three this year. They've lost to Nevada, Minnesota, and UTEP. They are a bottom 10 team in the country ranked by ESPN SB plus. Uh, They are atrocious on third down. They gain 91 total yards to Minnesota, uh, to Minnesota's 485. Turnover ratio, minus seven. They do have a lot of quality. This is what's interesting. You would say from last weekend, Wisconsin struggled when they had quality drives, correct? Yeah, they struggled whenever they had a chance to score. Then they just peed down their leg. So eight drives for the Badgers last week in Uh, Washington state territory. They came away with 14 total points. That brings it to the year. They average three. uh, That's the defense 2.8. Excuse me. They average 2.8 points per quality drive. Quality drive in this case is a first down past the opponent's 40 or an explosive play that gets you to that range. So when you're in scoring range, it's the red zone extended, if you will. 2.8 points in those drives. That is bad. That's 92nd in the nation uh, when it comes to that. New Mexico State, keep in mind, there are 131 teams in the FBS. Mm -hmm. They average 0.72 points per quality drive. 
That ranks. That's not very good to quote Paul Crist. 118th in the country. So I, it's just, they're not a, I, I don't mean to diminish, but it is a perfect opportunity for Wisconsin after a demoral, a, a deflating loss to come back and really set things right. Unfortunately, you're then met by Ohio State the next week, which I've always thought that game at night in the shoe wasn't going to go great for the Badgers. But I don't know. We'll see. That kind of sets you up for Illinois and Michigan State going forward. I don't know. Season-long expectation for the team, I'm, I'm kind of in a similar boat. Like, it'll come down to the backstretch against the West, and if they play well, if things, like, teams round into form. We're talking about the Packers passing offense. The Badgers' offensive line should be able to round into form as the season goes along. If it doesn't, then there's some trouble. But if it does, I mean, they have enough potential there to win the West, and the West is quite stinky where we stand today. It's not great. I'll treat this season as a success if they just beat Minnesota. It's kind of what I've is that I feel like I'm minimizing the season, but I, beat Minnesota is my new beat Ohio State. Yeah, I, having a, having a bar that low is definitely sad. I, it should be winning the West, and until they can consistently do it, you can't really expect much more. So True. the bar is above beating Minnesota. While beating Minnesota is necessary for winning the West, though, when you look at overall, like. You can't really expect them to go make a playoff until they win the West more often. So that's true. And probably one of two final years of the Big Ten West even existing. So enjoy it while you can. 877-867-1670. You want to chime in on the football to come do it. When we return, Grant, Mm -hmm. if there's one good thing that's come out of the social media age, uh, which, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of all of it and the trends of society, if you will, when it comes to the instant gratification and all that stuff. Fast food world. Yes. Trolling, well-executed trolls still remain one of the funnier things that happen in today's society. There was one this week that I, I am still wrapping my head around how it was done, the perfect execution and I, the context surrounding this uh, said troll. So I, I'm going to, there are two little short video clips. They're cameos with noted college head coaches, uh, both basketball and football. And it has to do with the big 10 West. We're going to hit on that. When we return, it's the bill Michael show. Ready? This is the bill Michael show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. All right, we're back. Bill Michael's show. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills. Grant, I think I know how to put everyone in a better mood after some spirited discussion earlier in the day. And after Wisconsin's loss to, you know, Washington State at home, 17 point favorite. Yeah, that wasn't great. At least they are in Iowa. I don't know how many times I've said that, but this year I will I probably continue to say it. The Iowa Hawkeyes are one and one. Okay, maybe don't bat an eye. They lose to Iowa State at home this weekend. Through two games, the team has scored 17 total points. Four of those points have come on safeties. So that's the defense. Therefore, the offense through two games, 10 points. 
one touchdown. They have uh, 14 uh, total points and 16 punts through those two games. They have, I don't mean this as a hyperbole, they are on pace for the worst offense in college football history. I don't mean to say that lightly. At least since 2000, they are on pace to have the worst offense in every statistical category. Uh, A lot of the focus is on offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz. Noted. Wait, wait. That name sounds familiar. Yes. Enlighten me. It should. He is the son of the head coach, Kirk Ferentz. Oh, Oh, that's where I heard that name before. Their offense was bad last year. I will note that. And everyone said it can't be worse than it was. Tyler Goodson, a Green Bay Packer practice squad member, was I he just never stood a chance. He's a good player. They had good players. Tyler Linderbaum is is in Baltimore. They had good players go to the NFL. Their entire wide receiver room transferred to Purdue, Charlie Jones, Tyrone Tracy, because Spencer Peters, the quarterback, really struggles. We saw him in Madison last year, just I got crushed by a great Wisconsin defense. But entering this year, everybody said well, first they asked why Brian Ferentz was still the offensive coordinator, and then they they just thought it, it can't get worse than it did last year. Well, it has gotten worse, and a genius in Iowa City or wherever took to Cameo. Grant, I figure you know what Cameo is. Are you and Bill Michaels on Cameo? We are not, though. Oh, that is probably a good avenue to make money, or an OnlyFans or something along those lines. Uh, sure, either one. Cameo, you pay celebrities or whoever to give you a a message. It could be 30 seconds. It could be a minute. Different celebrities have a different rate. So they first went to Bob Stoops, noted former Oklahoma head coach. He's on Fox Big Noon Kickoff, big person in the college football sphere. And they had him deliver a message to, and he thought he was just telling Brian something. And then once these came to social media, everyone realized, oh, they are, they're buying cameos of famous coaches in college sports to try to get Brian Ferentz out. Take a listen. Hello there, Brian. Bob Stoops here saying hi. And uh, listen, I know you've had a tough couple of uh, two, three years there, but the good news is your family still supports you, buddy, especially your dad. He wants you to know that. But uh, and even though everyone else seems to be against you, sometimes the best advice is to break free from the family business, man. Go do what you got to do. So, uh, Anyhow, all the best to you and a big boomer sooner and good luck. Oh, wow. so that's the first one. I mean, uh, uh, unbelievable. And and he had no idea. Bob Stoops had no idea. Uh, your family still supports you, but the best advice is get out of the family business. So this is all happening at Iowa. Iowa basketball head coach that many around these parts know is uh, for his Fran Trums, if you will. Fran McCaffrey. They had him do the same video. Take a listen. Hey, Brian, Fran McCaffrey here. I wanted to reach out and let you know that all of us in the Hawkeye family are thinking about you. Your family loves you. Your dad loves you. The Hawkeyes love you. Maybe think about making a move back to New England. But wherever you go, wherever you are, the Hawkeye family will always be with you. Go Hawks. So there is Iowa basketball head coach Fran McCaffrey weighing in. Uh, it's actually pretty brilliant. I will note just just a couple stats that I have gone out and found. Iowa's offense, it's not just embarrassingly bad, Grant. 
as I said, it is on pace to be NCAA historically record-setting bad. Since 2000, the worst scoring average of any team, 2006 Florida International, 9.6 points. 2022 Ooh. Iowa, 7 points per game. Keep in mind, four of those points are off safeties. Worst yards per play since 2000. 2002 Rutgers, 3.1 yards per play. This year's Iowa, they're at 2.8. Worst total offense, total yards per game. 2002 Rutgers, again, 214 yards per game. This year's Iowa team, 158 yards per game. Grant, they lost 10-7 to to Iowa State. They scored a touchdown because they started on the Iowa State like 12 and just ran a couple plays and got in. They blocked two punts in Iowa State territory and did not turn any of them into points. It is alarming how horrible they are at playing offense. So I th- that was these cameos, probably probably the best thing I've seen so far this college football season. It says Bob Stoops message only $10. There's no way this whole scheme only cost 10 bucks for whoever pulled this off. I mean, that's free. That pays for itself. Well, Fran McCaffrey realized afterwards who the actual message was for because everyone freaked out. He said $60 to cancer research is worth it for the troll. So shout out, shout out to Fran McCaffrey because good answer. Good recovery. That's, that's not a bad answer. This is incredible. And you know, For as much as I rip on college football from time to time or just am generally disinterested, it's this kind of stuff that just blows me away of how wild this sport is. I love this. Here's why I love it. And this is not a rip on the NFL. It's objective. The NFL is a commercialized product that you get packaged in the same way every Sunday and Thursday and Monday and sometimes Saturday during December. College football, it it is so alarming how different it is and how different it can be when you sit in front of a television and watch different times of the day, different teams, different conferences. I mentioned Iowa beat South Dakota state week one, seven to three and did not score a touchdown. They had a field goal and two safeties. You go across the country and uh, North Carolina played, I believe Appalachian state. I forget exactly who they played. I think it was app state. And it was like 62 to 60 app state or North Carolina. They combined for like 50 points in the fourth quarter. I I just, I find beauty in the difference when you go across the country and how it's unexpected. The traditions are insanely dumb, but it's beautiful. And and they mean something to all of the places, you know, that they take place in. So I don't know. That was just one of, that was a gem of, of the week. Shout out to Bob Stoops. Uh, your your family still loves you, but get out of the family business comment to uh, one Brian Ferentz. Wisconsin visits Iowa coming up a little later on in the season. I can't wait for that matchup because I hope Wisconsin is a competent offense at that point. I don't know. I, I just cannot stop watching Iowa play. I, I can't get my eyes off it. They were starting on the on the Iowa State like 20. They were starting on the Iowa State 15 on their 30, and they just could not score, whether it's a turnover whether it's a uh, turnover on downs, a punt, I, it, it's unbelievable. I don't get how they're so bad. We're comparing them to school because they made a Cinderella run in Madness once upon a time. You know what I mean? How are we, how are we comparing those two? I was technically like a, I'm not going to say they're a Big Ten power, 
but they're a legit, like respected institution in college football. How are they this bad? Yeah, <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, Brian Ferentz and quarterback play. They've been CJ Beathard hung around in the NFL for a bit. He might still be there. He was good. That team was really good. Uh, Nate Stanley wasn't amazing, Nate but Stanley. he was pretty dynamic. He was a good player and they were good when he was there. It's just, it comes down to quarterback play there because nobody respects what Petrus can do. They also don't have any wide receivers. They all play for Purdue, which is a funny note. Yeah. This, I just, this, I love the big 10. It's awesome. It's uh, you can't make it, it up. The big 10 West is the most stinky division possible, right? Where Northwestern's losing to Duke. Nebraska's losing to Georgia Southern and firing Scott Frost. Iowa is what I'm explaining them to be. Wisconsin loses to Washington state. It is a bad division, but it is so captivating because they're all going to play each other and someone has to win those games. You know, I just love your take that the NFL is too commercial. Like you sound like an eight year old man when you say that. I'm not saying it's too commercial. It's objectively just packaged up as a commercialized product and, you know, uh, presented the same way every Sunday. That's fair. That's understandable. Like a lot of it looks the it's same, funny. which is a good thing because it's a great product to watch and follow. College football is just different because it's all packaged differently and beautifully. That's what I love about it. 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones. Line one. Is this Brian Ferentz on the line? No, it's not Brian Ferentz. Hey, what's going on, man? Who is this? What's going on? It's Z in the D. Z. What up, man? Z. What, what up? So is Iowa your new Nebraska this year? No, because last year I truly believed that Nebraska was good. They just went three and nine. And No, I mean, but you have like, you know, obviously the badges is your team that you have to follow. But you last year you were rooting, like you weren't rooting for Nebraska, but like, all right, other news, Nebraska this, Nebraska that. Is Iowa this team, is Nebraska this year for you? You're Co- just constantly yeah, kind of. Iowa. I can't keep my eyes off them. I think that's the right way to say it. That's the case with a lot of college football, but this year's Iowa is my, yes, it is. It's my Nebraska from last year where I just cannot get enough of them. Simply. I, I can't stop watching. I mean, I almost want to just, when I get off this phone call, do that picture meme where it's the guy looking at the girl and he's like, Ooh, and the one girl. So like with your, your face and then it's Iowa and then it's Nebraska with the girl. Yeah. I'm I, like, I, I wouldn't oppose. I, I wouldn't oppose. I thought you were going to say you were, you have to get off this call and look up Iowa offensive highlights from the last two weeks because there aren't any. Oh no, yeah. I don't want to do that. I will have to rip out my eyes and become the new Dave from Minota. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a, it's an experience. Like Rogers talks about finding himself. I think you kind of find yourself trying to watch Iowa play offense in a way. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Uh, well, has anything changed outside of obviously players? Is the OC been there for a while now? Is he a running back coach or there's something that has changed that made him this bad in offense or it's just, they're just not that good or talented wise or something. What's going on? Brian Ferentz has been their OC since 2017, but in 2017 to 2019, they had a good quarterback, Nate Stanley. Yeah. They had a good line. They had NFL tight ends everywhere. Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, like they were couldn't beat Wisconsin. That is true. They were a talented offense though, and they weren't that bad. This year, it's the combination of, I mean, just a horrible quarterback play. Uh, their approach is 
you could take sacks. Just don't throw the ball down the field and don't turn it over because our defense is better at scoring points than the offense is. So it's an OC. It's a quarterback thing. It's an approach thing. It's a lot at the same time. And as I mentioned, their wide receivers play for Purdue, which makes it hard. Uh, yep, that would make sense. All right, Z. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, E. 877-867-1670. Any final notes on the beautiful world of college football and the Big Ten West before we preview Thursday night football and get out of here? For those interested, I will be talking about college football on my show tomorrow night. Oh, no. Scheduling it, carving it out, preparing it. Uh, Zach Heilpern will join me. Uh, I'm not doing it by myself. No. (laughs) God, no, I'm not equipped. But I, we, we will be talking about the Badgers, Big Ten stuff tomorrow night. You have to spend one Saturday just uh, immersing your eyes in as much college football as you could take. And then see. Now, I was pretty close last weekend. Like the early game was Texas-Bama. Yep. Then the Badgers were on. There was another afternoon game that I watched. And then Nebraska at night. Exactly. As much as I've watched in a while. It's wire to wire. And you saw the fall of Scott Frost, which was electric. And then I, and then I missed the noon slate on Sunday because I went to a baseball game. Yep. <laughs> Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's go back to the phones. Line one. You're on the Bill Michaels show. Yeah, I just wanted to say happy birthday to Bad Kenny. Can't wait to celebrate at Monks in Sun Prairie tonight. Happy birthday, yes. man! Thank you. Yes. I don't know who that is. Everyone tweet hashtag Happy Birthday Ben Kenny. Is that Zach? Hi- going. The, oh, I I know exactly who it is. Actually, I'm going to text him. I'm actually going to see him in 20 minutes. It's most likely Ebo calling in from three rooms over i could hear it in the voice all right we're gonna step away we're gonna take a quick break more of the bill michaels show a couple segments left coming up next this is the bill michaels show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network welcome back couple segments until we're out of here. That is Grant Bills. I am Ben Kenny. He is at Wisco Grant on Twitter. Find him there. I am at Ben Z Kenny. We'll be back again in tomorrow for Bill as we look ahead. Packers, Bears, Badgers against the New Mexico State Aggies as well. Lead you into a weekend of football. No Brewers tonight. Kenny and Heilprin again. My show with our sports director here in Madison will be live Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, five to six, talking about the loss last Saturday, rest of season outlook, all of that stuff. That is five to six again, live at Monk's in Sun Prairie podcast, also available uh, probably tomorrow morning is when I will get that podcast up and posted coming up later tonight. Chargers at the Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs are four point favorites over under set at 54 grant i it, it's an interesting one i don't see how much defense is played it kind of feels like a both quarterbacks just go back and forth until one makes more spectacular plays than the other kind of game the chargers have the talent up front to get to mahomes question of will they have time to do it if the ball isn't already out but keenan allen wide receiver for los angeles out big news there uh, and the Chiefs are trying out a new kicker because Butker is out there. Uh, no more Justin Reed kicking field goals. What are you looking for tonight, aside from will local bars be playing the game? Well, well, that's first and foremost everyone's priority. I don't know. You talk about 
uh, the pass rushers getting after each other. You know, Keenan Allen gets open quickly. So that's a good way to combat pressure. And he's not out there tonight, obviously. So I'm interested to see what Herbert does. I just like watching Justin Herbert, man. I, with or without Keenan Allen, whatever Eckler does, I just like watching Herbert, even if he's playing on the inferior roster against a better quarterback and a better team. I just, I just like watching Herbert. MVS is very intriguing to me and how they're using him. Uh, Seth Walder, I believe it was, posted a couple of things on Twitter today, including an article, it's ESPN Next Gen Stats, and they're just charting the routes that MVS is running. You know, he's with the Packers, he would just run go routes, and that was basically it. The Chiefs are using him all over the field, and he's running all sorts of different routes. Look at that, an offense that's adjusting and adapting based on the personnel it has year to year. Interesting. Hmm. I just kind of am interested to see what MVS does as a Chief this year. That's another thing that I really am excited to watch tonight. Yeah, the product of that Kansas City offense is so interesting. Because, uh, I mean, Clyde edwards Alaire is a good running back. but It's all about what Mahomes can do. I love what they do, Andy Reid, on the goal line last week with a misdirection little toss green play to Alaire where the defense was just completely fooled. And part of that is the Cardinals. Part of that is Andy Reid is unbelievable at scheming up guys. Uh, Juju adding to that offense is quite fun. Big renaissance kind of year for him potentially. But yeah, yeah. How, how they deploy wide receivers is interesting because Mahomes is so good when he scrambles, when he needs to make something and the wide receivers go into scramble mode. But they also, you could see it, are un, like Kelsey over the middle. The way that they can scheme their guys open and the options for Mahomes to make, I think is it's barn, like it's the best. They are, it's dynamic. It's also a little frustrating. I feel like I dated MVS for three years. And over those three years, I put in a lot of work. Like he started making his bed every day and like paid his bills on time. And I like, I like whipped him into shape and then we had a falling out. And now I get to see this other person reaping all the benefits of my hard work over the years. And that kind of makes me feel a little angsty. So if MVS plays really well and is a huge asset to this team, I'm, I'm going to feel a little frustrated. I think that analogy works. I think there are still some big red flags that pop up though. Oh, where you kind of get reminded of, you know, why it ended. Sure. Well, like drop passes. Yeah. Drops costly drops. Yet at the same time, the relationship comp would be for a drop. Well, at the same time, the, the new person you have, uh, you know, started with, if you will also dropped a 75 yard touchdown on the first play of the game last Sunday. I just like, I just like fixing people. I just look for <laughs> a partner that I can work on. It's just my thing. We're taking this analogy too far. But I, you I mean, are. don't just no, 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 no. You saying, are taking I this analogy like, way too far. Okay. Okay. That's me. I, I do feel like we watched MVS get better for a couple of years. And then, assumedly, in his last year, when everything was ready to click, he got hurt. And now I get to see another team that, yes, gave him a pretty nice deal. I mean, they, they paid a, a handsome amount. It's not like top wide receiver dollar for him, but still a pretty solid contract. And now they're going to get to enjoy my years of struggle and strife. I'm not sure I appreciate that. You like fixing people, yet Eric on I-90 called in last Friday to call the Brewers a plate of mac and cheese where the cheese is just not, like, the cheese is hardened. Well, why do you think I watch the Brewers every night? I feel like I can fix them. Like, there's, there's something wrong, and I feel like it can be fixed. That's just the way that I'm wired. You're giving people the cowherd brain, though. It's like, oh. 
I know. Tough day at work. I'm going to compare that to a, a beef stew. I see it in I see it in sports. I see it in Hollywood. I see it in life. <laughs> Just that's and then you go. That's uh, that's what Cowherd does. Let me Brilliant. shift to this. Let me shift to this. You know, it's interesting. It's the start of every point he's ever made in his life. I had a caller. It was Mike in Windsor, formerly Mike in downtown Madison, called in the other night. And he's like, yeah, let's shift to this. You know, it's interesting. I'm like, wow. Callers are, are bringing the cowherd stuff. I really, I love it. Pick up the cues. I love it. 877-867-1670 could fit in a call or two. Before we are out of here, we're going to step away. Take a quick break. When we return, we close out the show. Send you about your Thursday nights. That is next. It's the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers practice in pads, getting ready for Sunday night football against the Bears here at Lambeau Field. Wide receiver Alan Lazard is back from an ankle injury after being stepped on in practice a few weeks ago. Guard John Runyon is in the concussion protocol. He was working out on the sidelines. Rookie Zach Tom talked about jumping in the left guard and adjusting to the game against the Vikings. Honestly, after the first snap, it just everything really slowed down. Um, obviously, I had some things. I messed up, you know, a lot. Once you're out there and you're just playing, it's just about going full speed. And if you're going to make a mistake, make it full speed. And um, I feel like I did a pretty good job of that. Now, there's a lot of former Packers on the Bears staff. Former guard and center Lucas Patrick is now with Chicago. Equinemia St. Brown is now one of their wide receivers. And former Packers quarterback coach Luke Getze is now the Bears offensive coordinator trying to develop Justin Fields, Matt LaFleur. Yeah, I think he looks more decisive out there. And I think that's a natural progression obviously i know luke getsy very well a guy that i have the utmost respect for and i know he's a damn good coach and so i'm I'm sure he's really helped his growth the bears new head coach matt eberflus talked about reviewing his long list of rookies and undrafted players we have to get better we have a young football team we have to improve in the fundamentals of the game you know, obviously, we always look at the, the effort and the intensity which we played and how we took care of the ball and being smart to always do that. Justin Fields says he's impressed by Getze as a coordinator. He, he knows a lot. So just, you know, him being with Aaron for a long time, you know, he just, you know, kind of teaches me the ins and the outs of the offense, you know, just the most efficient way to run the offense. So just making sure, just executing on all of us. That's Bears quarterback Justin Fields. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. segment of the Bill Michaels show on this fine Thursday. Ben Kenny Grant Bills with you. We'll be back tomorrow. Bill will then be back on Monday as well as Sunday night for the Green and Gold Post Game Show after Packers versus Bears. A lot of good stuff tomorrow previewing the football to come this weekend. We'll talk about Thursday night football. I will give an official statement on whether the bar actually plays the Amazon Prime game. Probably the thing I'm looking forward to most tonight, aside from my radio show I do from 5 to 6 here locally in in Sun Prairie. Uh, Big plans tonight, Mr. Bills? Big plans. Uh, We have a Thursday night football party in downtown La Crosse for our La Crosse station, WKTY. 
leading right up until kickoff. And then I'm not sure. No, nothing outside of that. Going to watch the game for sure. So, uh, it's nice that I won't have to choose between this game and the Brewers. You know, that would rip me apart. Yes, of course. Uh, like you had to choose between the Brewers and the Packers last Sunday. And yeah. you chose both somehow. I, I, I had my cake and I also got to eat it. Did you get the bobblehead? I did. Uh, and I convinced my girlfriend to let me have hers to possibly give to my dad. Okay. Because uh, his birthday's coming up. I offered to buy it. She's like, no, oh my God, just take it. I'm like, okay. Did you, some awkwardness. did you see the Brewers for one of the coming games against the Yankees are giving away an NFT? I thought we were past that as a society. I thought we were past like crypto and NFTs. I get they're still around. Dude, people forget the Lakers new arena is named after crypto and will Ugh. be for like the next 20 years. I hope it stops. The thing is, I don't know anything about it. And that's the reason I hope it stops. That's fine. That's you know? fine. I don't like being I've, an outsider I've been saying for years that I want the brewers to do a digital collectible. And I'm finally glad that they're doing it. Why um, that and X golf. I've always wanted X golf at my ballpark <laughs> and thankfully I finally can have it. So the brewers are just, they're checking all of my boxes recently. They have to spend their money somewhere. You know, if it's not going to go to the free agent market, you might as well yeah. build a golf simulator for September when the team is not in the playoffs. Jeff Passan, Sure. And I think, aren't they bringing back the TGI Fridays in left field? I thought I saw a press release. The Brewers put out so many stupid press releases. I can't keep them all straight. <laughs> There's just all these dumb things I don't care about. Sorry, Brewers. I love you. You know I love the Brewers. I don't I don't like speaking ill of them. I will say but, it again. You're wearing a Brewers jersey. Yeah. As we speak. You won't find a larger Brewer fan than me, which is why this stuff drives me nuts. A digital collectible. If they do some stupid thing to commemorate Aaron Judge hitting 60 home runs, I swear <laughs> to God. They're going to do it for pools. If they do that, I'll walk into Lake Michigan. I swear. <laughs> why Why is my franchise and the network that covers my franchise, the Brewers, why do we love and give so much adoration to Pujols and Wainwright? They are the enemy. We don't like them. Yeah. I, I will note when it comes to the NFT stuff uh, and throw Molina in there as well. That's Rio. When it comes to the NFT stuff, there's something we're losing as a society when it comes to like hold, with holding a paper ticket that you had to a yeah. game. I, this yeah. sounds, this is such a boomer take, but no, it's not. some of my favorite things I own are certain tickets to certain sporting events that will go nameless from when I was a kid and they mean a yeah. lot and I still have them and they're awesome. And now it's what just, if, uh... Uh, okay, it's an NFT. Cool. I don't need to see it in my freaking email. Yeah. Yeah. One of my most prized possessions is a concert stub. Uh, Jimmy Buffett at uh, Target Field 2018. And I actually was given a physical copy for the Jimmy Buffett show a couple of weeks ago uh, from our, our, well, our, not our friend, our colleague, the, the host of the show, Bill Michaels, except that show was canceled. But I do have the ticket stub as a memory, which isn't the case for most concerts these days. They're mostly digital, which stinks. I like having the, the cool ticket. I can hang it up at home. So, yeah, no Brewers tonight. That's the long spiel. Yeah, that's the long and the short. short. No Brewers tonight. Thursday night football. Enjoy it. Kenny and Heilprin on some of these same stations here in Madison and lacrosse coming up at 5 o'clock. Grant is back. Wisco Sports Show tonight. Mm-hmm. Anything to look forward to aside from the natural... Uh, deep thought that it entails. We're going to repurpose a lot of the discussions we had today. 
to like touch on some of the same things, but I'm going to put my own new twist on it for tonight. All right. Listen into that four to six coming up tonight. Grant and I will be back tomorrow filling in for Bill one final day leading you into the weekend. Until then, thanks for hanging around, everybody. See ya. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 